let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Live Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening where we continue our reflections into the richness of the gospel text, the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And uh, we will be discussing also the second reading uh, that comes to us from Paul's epistle to the Colossians. And I say we because I do have Debbie Rosales in studio with me. So great to have you with me another evening, Debbie. It's wonderful to be here. So, Debbie, we are talking, uh, we are going to talk about Paul's letter to the Colossians because, well, it's just uh, too rich to pass up, quite Mm -hmm. honestly. And uh, today's gospel is about Martha and Mary, and I thought it would be necessary uh, to reflect into uh, Paul's epistle to the Colossians as he reflects into the importance of suffering and to really pour that into Uh, our reflections on Martha and Mary. So with that, let us go ahead and read that epistle, that letter to the Colossians. Colossians 1, 24 through 28. Brothers and sisters, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church, for which I am a minister in accordance with God's stewardship given to me to bring to completion for you the word of God, the mystery hidden from ages and from generations past. But now it has been manifested to his holy ones, to whom God chose to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. It is Christ in you, the hope for glory. It is he whom we proclaim, admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Amen. You know, Debbie, as you were reading there, I was made to reflect upon something that I hadn't really thought about, really, and, and it's this. If someone were to ask me, what are some of the top questions that I've been asked since I've been here hosting Seeds of Truth, I would probably tell you the top question is, mm-hmm. what does it mean to pray without ceasing? Mm-hmm. The next question is, what is the meaning of suffering? Why do we suffer? Sure. It's interesting because a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, Joe, do a lot of people come up to you um, and want to talk about Mary, purgatory, the saints, the Pope? And yeah, they do. But Mm -hmm. the questions that I get are much more personal. Prayer, Mm -hmm. suffering. Mm -hmm. uh, Why is there evil in the world? And as it relates to the question of suffering, um, one could argue that this is why Christ came. Sure. Christ came to respond to that question. Yes. And he responds to that question on the cross, giving suffering a new vantage point. Mm -hmm. Huh? Mm -hmm. So every time we ask the question about suffering and why we suffer, we look up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We look up upon Christ and ask him the question, Lord, why do we suffer? And his response to us is always anywhere and everywhere you suffer that you might bring me glory. And you can only do that if you do it with me. Because as Paul right. reminds us, it is my power in you, mm-hmm. my redemptive love working in you. Now, that's important. Yeah. I, I want to go to 
uh, John Paul II's apostolic letter on the Christian meaning of human suffering. This comes to us from paragraph 26. The answer which comes through this sharing by way of the interior encounter with the Master is in itself something more than the mere abstract answer to the question about the meaning of suffering. For it is, above all, a call. It is a vocation. Christ does not explain in the abstract the reasons for suffering, but before all else he says, follow me, come, take part through your suffering in this work of saving the world, a salvation achieved through my suffering. Let me hit the pause button here, Debbie. Mm -hmm. What's going on here? We must remember that when we are baptized, we are baptized into Christ's own suffering. Yes. Huh? We are marked with what? The cross. We are sealed with the cross. And what does Jesus do? He sends us forth. He sends us forth to carry on the mission of the cross in the world. And we do this by participating in the sufferings of Christ. Mm-hmm. We have to remember <clears throat> the word participation comes from the Latin participatio. Uh, listen closely to that word participatio, part. We have a part to play in ultimately bringing people to Christ. Okay, he closes. Gradually, as the individual takes up his cross, spiritually uniting himself to the cross of Christ, the salvific meaning of suffering is revealed before him. He does not discover this meaning at his own human level, but at the level of the suffering of Christ. At the same time, however, From this level of Christ, the salvific meaning of suffering descends to man's level and becomes, in a sense, the individual's personal response. It is then that man finds in his suffering interior peace and even spiritual joy. Amen. You know, you read those words, I rejoice in my Mm -hmm. sufferings for your sake. Where does our joy come from? No, Debbie, our joy comes from when we discover that what we thought was useless is now useful. Uh, we were yes. talking beforehand, mm-hmm. there are so many things we do in life that we get frustrated with. Mm? Mm-hmm. And we get frustrated because we don't know what their purpose is, or we don't know why we're doing what we're doing. And then, suddenly, it might occur to us, or someone might share something with us, that there's a reason that we're doing whatever it is that we're doing. And there's this kind of release of joy, if you mm-hmm. will. Right. And what happens in the spiritual life is quite similar. When we, in faith, discover that there is purpose, there is meaning behind our suffering, there is this release of joy. This is how John Paul II talks about it in this apostolic letter. When we discover that all of our suffering, physical, psychological, emotional, whatever kind of suffering you're going through, has purpose, has meaning, This might be our greatest joy because our deepest sufferings bring us down like nothing else. And so John Paul II says there's this release of joy, and this is worth getting excited about. Definitely. And he doesn't send us forth to suffer alone. That can sound scary. It can sound, uh, oh gosh, I'm doing this on my own. And one of the images I love, and and I'll share this with you if it helps, I'll be so happy, that there's two sides to the cross. Mm Mm-hmm. As Catholics, we have a corpus on our cross. We call it a crucifix. And the back side of the cross is empty. And that side of the cross is where we belong. That's where we belong. Suffering with Christ. 
his hands with our hands, our bodies with, with him joining. He says, I will never leave you. I, you'll never do this alone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that point when you realize that he's right there in the midst. As I suffer, Christ suffers. As I weep, Christ weeps. As I'm joyful, Christ is joyful. Mm-hmm. That we do nothing alone. He never leaves us. Amen. And you know, Debbie, who was the one who was writing this letter but St. Paul? Mm-hmm. A man who was beaten, who was imprisoned, who was rejected, who was abandoned, who himself said, I don't want to have to deal with mm-hmm. suffering anymore. Sure. He comes to discover, again, in faith, the power of redemptive love living inside of him. And it is then that he says, I rejoice in my suffering. You know, St. Paul, we don't know exactly what he suffered from, if it was something uh, more physical or more psychological, but he suffered from something for the whole of his life. That for the, thorn in his flesh. Yeah, for the entirety of his life. We don't mm-hmm. know what that was, but he was a man who was made to contemplate the significance of what he was having to endure. And uh, this particular passage, Debbie, is very much caught up also in what? But the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Because we make up what is lacking in the sufferings of, the, right. uh, of Christ for the sake of the church. You know, 1 Corinthians 3, 5 reminds us that we are co-workers in the building up of the church, in the building up of the body of Christ, and we have to be mindful of that, that we are co-workers, that we do build one another mm-hmm. up. And there's great power, redemptive power, when we call upon Christ in yes. all of those most difficult moments in our life and offer to God those things that he would have us offer to him. I love that St. John Paul II uses the word vocation. Mm. That's even a little weightier than a call. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he uses the word a vocation. Yeah. And um, I have a little reflection from Pope Francis about just this thing, and I, I think it's very beautiful. There is no Christianity without the cross, and there is no cross without Jesus Christ. A Christian who is not able to glory in Christ crucified has not understand, excuse me, has not understood what it means to be Christian. Our wounds, those which sin leaves in us, are healed only through the Lord's wounds. Mm. Mm. The wounds in him who humbled and emptied himself on a cross. We are all wounded. We, we've talked about I, that, that image of being the walking wounded. I, I just, um, that is a reminder for me. If I ever am judging someone, Debbie, there goes a, a brother, a sister who's a walking wounded. They're, mm-hmm. they're wounded yes. and they need healing. And as the Pope says, they can only find that healing really in the wounds of Christ. Beautiful through his most precious blood, through his divine life shared with us. That's where they're going to find healing. We're just this little conduit, mm-hmm. hopefully, if our vocation is as it should be in sharing that divine life of Christ with our brothers and sisters, knowing who we're serving. We're serving Christ hidden in humanity. Amen. Yeah, and we are best at being a conduit of grace when we take the person by the hand, as Pope Francis would talk about it in his piece on personal accompaniment and joy the gospel, Mm -hmm. and to just journey with them. Yes. And there's great power by sinking ourselves deep, deep, deep into the heart of Christ so as to be more present to other. Mm -hmm. Once again... This draws out the deeper meaning of love because on the cross, suffering and love coexist, Mm -hmm. right? They become one and the same thing. Properly said, 
suffering becomes the highest expression of love, the agape, right? right? The highest expression of love, divine sacrificial love. This is why when we talk about mercy, we say love is mercy when it sees suffering and seeks to do something about it. Love is mercy when it sees poverty and seeks to do something about it. Sure. Love is mercy when it sees the wounded, as you were talking about it, Debbie, and is present to the wound in the light of Christ's own wound. So right. when we are journeying with Christ and the wounded Christ is living within us, there is great power to be even more present to those who are wounded. Absolutely. And are we not talking about the spiritual works of mercy here too? Mm -hmm. Just not the corporal works sure. of mercy, but also the spiritual works of mercy as we journey with one another and helping them understand more about why maybe something happened in their life or why this happened. And certainly today, Debbie, there are a lot of people asking a lot of questions about what's going on out there in the world. There are a lot of things that would have us thinking that God does not exist, sure. right? And yet it is our duty as Christians and as Catholics to be present to those who are the walking wounded. And again, we cannot do this if we are not living in the wounded Christ, because he gives us the power to be present to other wounds. Right. It's interesting, as we're talking about this, I'm made to think of St. Francis of Assisi. When we think of him, we often think of that man who would do anything and everything for our Lord, who mm -hmm. would abandon everything at all costs to be at the service of God. Mm -hmm. But we have to remember, <laughs> as every sinner has the potential to be a saint, at one time, every saint had a past, right? Exactly. <laughs> and St. Francis certainly had his past. And as he himself would share, uh, he would see a leper and he would run the other direction. Right. He would run away from the leper. Mm -hmm. Well, on one particular occasion, and this really was Francis's great metanoia, he saw a leper and as he would talk about it, he felt something within him to not turn the other way, but turn towards him and to move towards him and as he was doing so, to call upon the Holy Spirit to give him the grace to love this man who he had always run from. Mm -hmm. And so this is exactly what he did. And as the story is told, he not only embraced him, but he kissed him. And this was his great conversion. What's more, as he was walking away, he turned back and that man was gone. Yes, it was Jesus. Yes. And see, this is the kind of thing that happens yes. in the lives of saints you hear about. Yes. Um, but nonetheless, something to uh, be mindful of. Because again, he didn't run away from, but he ran towards. And at that point, what he saw was this call to be present to those who are wounded. And his whole life became a service to just not the different leper colonies, but all those who were on the margins. And this is why we look upon him as one of the great saints. So what, what point give God? We uh, are talking here. He is not incomplete. It seems like such a funny mix of words when it says we're making up for what is lacking mm -hmm. in the sufferings of Christ. Mm -hmm. Some folks can get quite upset at that oh, sentence. Oh, and, and, and folks have. Debbie yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. how dare Paul say there's something lacking mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. Christ? Isn't that lacking the invitation? That yes. is the invitation to join him in his work of redemption. Yep. And he knows that there's joy there. He's not going to have us enter into something that's going to not be for our better good. He is going to have us enter so that my joy can be in you and your joy can be complete. 
Amen. Complete in me. Amen. Debbie, as I spoke to it off the top, I wanted to take some of our reflections on suffering and kind of pour them into the contemplative mode and, and mm. the active mode. And I speak to the contemplative and active because we have that ever brief gospel that comes to us right. on Martha and Mary. Why don't you go ahead and read that? Okay. And we're reading from Luke 10, 38 to 42. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet listening to speak to him speak. Martha, burdened with much suffering, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. Amen. And for that reason, we speak to the importance of the contemplative life, mm -hmm. the life that is infused with a deeper sense of what prayer is all about and why prayer is so foundational to not only the act of life, Debbie, but ultimately everything that we do and touch, mm -hmm. right? Every single encounter must come out of a vibrant prayer life. And I mean that intentionally. Yes. To neglect prayer is to neglect vocation. To neglect prayer is to neglect everything that God calls us to be. Why? Because it is in and through prayer that we begin to discover, in point of fact, the very thing that God calls us to be. Mm, right. Well, what we were just talking about, right? Mm -hmm, right. <laughs> One who loves and is present to other. We will never discover the deeper meaning of that if we are not in constant conversation with God. Now, what does suffering have to do with prayer? Well, once we understand that prayer is about conversation and prayer then is about offering, we can begin to appreciate that suffering itself can become a prayer, mm -hmm. right? That suffering itself can become a powerful prayer. Yes. I often like to think how we can pray with our bodies. You know, mm -hmm. what does that mean? Well, when we fast, we are praying with our bodies. Yep. When we offer our physical work, right, we are praying with our bodies. And so that is certainly one element of the relationship between suffering and prayer. But there's something else. We have to discipline the flesh to pray more, right? Mm -hmm. We have to say no to one thing to say yes to another thing. Right. So there's a deeper sense of what is behind our life of prayer that ultimately leads to this more vibrant uh, spiritual life, this more vibrant life of longing for God. And once we can begin to understand these two elements, then the relationship between suffering and prayer comes into view a little more. And, you know, I think it's important to remember, um, you know, prayer, because Joe is so holy, doesn't come easy for him. Mother Teresa, a prime example of someone who, in her discipline, continued to pray and increase her prayer so that every moment of her life was a prayer. Mm -hmm. It's not easier for some. It's not easier for Joe than it is for me. We all struggle in prayer because we're all struggling with our own brokenness, Amen. with laziness, with, you know, all those things, with distraction, with attachment. Yes. And working through that, oh, brothers and sisters, please let me encourage you. Work through that dryness. Be that little disciple at the feet of Jesus. Mm. Um who's going to be teaching you how to release those attachments, 
how he's going to teach you how to pray. So important. You know, you mentioned uh, Blessed Teresa of Calcutta, soon to be St. Teresa of Calcutta. What we now know about her life is extraordinary, Debbie. Uh, For 50 years of her life, she, for all intents and purposes, lived in this profound dryness, this profound aridity. Yeah, desolation. She once said that if I ever become a saint, I will be the saint for those who live in darkness, Mm -hmm. right? Why? Because for 50 years, she lived in such darkness. Now, we look at what she did and we say, well, how is that possible? It's hard to fathom, isn't it? Now, certainly with Mother Teresa, you are dealing with something that is profoundly mystical, but even then, Debbie, we are all called to live in, in what we call mystical. I mean, what is the mystical? Well, the, the mystical is having that uh, encounter with God. Mm-hmm. And out from that supernatural encounter with God, we have this, this keen conviction to live for God. Mm-hmm. And out from that, we might not always experience or feel or have those warm fuzzies, no, right, about right. God. We but, have to get past those, yes, actually. Yes, exactly. Exactly. In the end, we come to discover that faith and and love and hope are so much more than what we feel, Mm. right? But Mm -hmm. that decision to love, Mm -hmm. that decision to love, and that's what she embodies. That's what she embodies. Now, Mm -hmm. to speak of that decision to love, um, I think this leads us to a little bit of the the service, if you will, right. the being present to those in the more active mode. Right. In the first reading, we have Genesis 18, and there's a, there's a sentence here that uh, just spoke to my heart. Now, we've all read about the little story of Abraham welcoming three strangers, but let's listen just briefly again at what the reading says. When he saw them, that is Abraham, he ran from the entrance of the tent to greet them. And bowing to the ground, he said, Sir, if I may ask you this favor, please do not go on past your servant. Let some water be brought that I may bathe your feet and rest yourself under the tree and bring you some food so that you may refresh yourselves. Oh my goodness. Hmm. That Hmm. is the most beautiful image to me. Therein lies the gospel, folks. Here, three men are coming up the roadway, and Abraham sees them off, and he runs to them so that he can serve them. Mm -hmm. Please do me a favor. How many of us think of strangers dropping in as a favor to us? Please let me serve you. Do not go past your servant. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Joe. I just kept thinking, man, I have missed that boat a time or two. A gift, Debbie. What does it mean to live in the Beatitudes, the, the, the word blessed, you know, makarios is the Greek, to be in favorable standing with God. You talk about attitude, let's simplify it. To have the right attitude is to live in the be attitudes, yes. right? To mm-hmm. have that attitude of being poor in spirit, mm-hmm. which recognizes the very thing that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And we only see this kind of thing by living in God. Mm-hmm. And in the light of the grace that is given to us uh, sacramentally to live in the wounds of Christ because the power of Christ living within us allows us to see when he is moving towards us, coming towards us in the poor as a stranger, right? as a leper. I get another question quite a bit. What is the one thing that unites all the saints? Mm. What do the saints have in common? common. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a number of things that the saints have in common. First and foremost, a personal relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. 
if there is another thing. If there's something that unites all saints, it is the bond that exists when one understands the relationship between love, poverty, and suffering. You know, Debbie, there are a lot of people out there, mea culpa, who have a lot of things to say. Here on the radio program, I wonder often if I talk too much, right? (laughs) It's the radio. I want to take this radio and go downtown. You know, here in the city of Mm -hmm. Chico, there are a lot of people to serve. Mm -hmm. There's an incredible rise in homeless. And certainly we are called to go there. And there are times where it's like, let's just, is there any way I can take the studio and just go downtown? And, Mm -hmm. um, but I bring that up because it's easy to get talking about things and to not take what we talk about and internalize it Mm -hmm. and to concretely act upon it. Right. And yes, what we do here is necessary, but it's only good in so far as it leads us to doing what Pope Francis was talking about earlier, and for all intents and purposes, what this radio program has been about. Living in the wounded Christ mm-hmm. so that we might be given the grace and the power in his redemptive love to share the greatness of his suffering and ultimately call others into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Are we running towards our strangers? Mm-hmm. What an important question Gosh. to ask. On my way over here, I was at a stoplight, and there were another four or five homeless walking by in their carts, and it was green. And I had someone behind me honking their horn. Sure. <laughs> We've become New there's York f- City. There, there's four or five homeless. <laughs> I, I can't drive. I can't go anywhere. And honk, honk, you know, and I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Run them over? Yeah. And I could not help but think, isn't that what we're doing anyways? Mm. We're just running them over. We Ignoring don't, them. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, we, we don't give them a second thought, and mm-hmm. it kind of hit me between the eyes. It's in line with everything we're talking about. Be present mm-hmm. to those who are, quote-unquote, passing by. This past Sunday, we had, of course, the reading with the Good Samaritan. Right. And what does it mean to love? Right. You know, so, again, for all of our listeners out there, all I can do is encourage you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far as one <laughs> with the microphone can before him encourage you, to take what we talk about here on Seeds of Truth and come to understand that what's important here is only as good as we take it out there. Right. And that's the bottom line. That is it. Debbie, if you have any closing thoughts. I love there's this little short reflection from Lucy Christine, who was a, a French mystic early in the 20th century. And she says, Every sorrow is forgotten in that rest at the feet of Jesus. And the soul confesses that one single instant of that rest were not too dearly bought by the work and sufferings of our whole lifetime, for it is a pure gift of love and mercy. Amen. And with that, we'll close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 530 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.